Ebenezer family. My name is Will and I serve at Ebenezer here in the capacity of the youth pastor and it is just an honor to be with you all today. And for us today, I am honored to also walk alongside you in God's word this morning and I just want to say I do not take that lightly. This past week, Pastor Santosh kicked us off in a brand new series, Going Public, Gospel Communication in a Hostile Age. And in this series, we are exploring what does it mean to share our faith. As followers of Jesus, it's extremely crucial to think and act how we can evangelize, how we can share our faith with others. And Pastor Santosh began our series by keying into this idea of Paul and mission, focusing into Acts 16, where Paul shares the message, the power, and the love through the gospel, the same gospel but contextualize the three different individuals. So this, with this in mind, today I'm going to be speaking on evangelizing the next generation. Our next generation in Canada today is marked by two very unique things. Number one, church kids leaving the church when they grow up. And number two, non-church kids never entering into the church while growing up. And we find ourselves in a very unique climate in Canada today in the history of Christianity. As the church, we face ourselves in a pluralistic society, which means a diversity of religions and beliefs, a post-Christendom society, which means our society is no longer influenced by Christian beliefs and ideals. And now we are to the point where statistics tell us not only we are living in a post-Christian society, but we are now living in a pre Christian society, which is something I want to talk about a bit later. And many questions get raised when we need to ask, how do we respond? And the one I find appealing for us and where we're going to explore today is how do we share our faith? How do we evangelize to the next generation today? How do we revive evangelism in Canada today? And before we get there, allow me to just begin in a word of prayer so I can help reorientate my heart as we begin this morning. So let's pray. God, I thank you for this day and this opportunity to be here. And Father, I ask right now that you would make me less so that you can become greater. And I ask as I speak, Jesus, you would just continue to allow us as a congregation to see the ways in which you were working, Holy Spirit. So I pray that you would cultivate the hearts of us and that you would cultivate our minds that we might be able to understand how we can respond in result of what would it look like to share our faith with our next generation. So we pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen. If you brought a Bible with you, I encourage you to open to 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. This text will guide us where we're going to go today. If you have no idea where that is, 2 Timothy is give or take 7 eighths into the Bible. And quick life hack, 1 Timothy is right before it, if you did not know. So we're going to go in 2 Timothy, we're going to go into chapter 2 verse 2. And it says this, You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who may be able to pass them on to others. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2 proclaims and reveals this call from Paul to pass on the faith. And this passage is crucial to our understanding of evangelizing the next generation today. 
If we dig into this passage to look at what is going on here, we learn about a character named Paul. And as Pastor Santosh last week taught on Paul and mission, we learn Paul is important in the early expansion of the church and evangelism. As one half of the New Testament was Paul writing these letters to churches that he planted. We also learn that in this book, 2 Timothy specifically, Paul's writing a personal letter to his mentee, Timothy. Timothy is a young pastor, and we see Paul in this verse is calling Timothy to teach the truth of God to other people. In this particular passage, what is striking to me is that scholars note that this is not just a standalone passage, but it's actually crucial in all of Paul's pastoral letters, which is 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus. Gordon Fee, a New Testament scholar, notes that this verse encapsulates Paul's main theme of all three of these pastoral letters. And the theme is this. Number one, Paul passing the faith on to someone. Number two, Paul telling that person to now proclaim the good news. And the new people then, number three, passing the faith on to even newer people. Paul was the example to look to when it came to passing the faith to the next generation. He was a discipler to Timothy, and he not only preached to Timothy, but he, Paul was close to Timothy. He listened, he understood Timothy. He recognized Timothy's gifts and had confidence in Timothy to pass these things to the generation after him. One way I like to think of the cycle is like on the diagram behind us, where we see Paul, Timothy, others. Another very crucial biblical example of this is found with Jesus and his disciples. As we read in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus' last words in Matthew's account of the gospel, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all the nations. And then Jesus goes to say, then teach these new disciples to obey the commands I have given you. So we see this, Jesus, disciples, and then new disciples. And this reveals something very important. We have a universal call from the universal God to pass our faith on and in the context today to the next generation. Just as Jesus said in the Great Commission and as Paul does in this convicting, simple, but profound call that you need to be so serious about evangelization, about sharing our faith to the next generation. Scholar Douglas Moon notes it this way. Timothy has learned from Paul is to be passed on to those capable of transmitting it to other generations. This is the lifeline of Christianity. It has been said that Christianity is only one generation away from extinction. While that is improbable, it is theoretically true that in lust, the life, faith, and teachings of vital Christianity are actively committed to the next generation. Christianity could become a footnote of history. And what I find intriguing about 2 Timothy 2 verse 2 is that we are taught and we are modeled that this will mean inevitably teaching to the next generation, people under our age. We see this rings true in the biblical cycle. Paul comes to Jesus. He's taught the way of Jesus. He passes on to Timothy. Timothy talks about this with newer disciples. And today, I am going to be making an assumption about you. Perhaps the reason you sit here today is because somebody 
someone has taught you the truth of God. Maybe not, but it's more than likely. And if it's true, there's somebody who's at least a bit older than you that took the time to walk alongside you. And I want you today to ask yourself first, who is that person? But the second thing is, can you consistently say that you have taught the truth to God onto people who are younger than you? And we see in 2 Timothy 2 verse 2, we are given a call to share our faith with the next generation. And this passage today sets the stage for where we need to go today. And of course, scripture is always ahead of the curve. The word of God is alive and active for us today. And his word proclaims that we need to pass our faith on to the next generation, to share our faith, to share the love of God to our next generation. But where do we even begin in our own context today? And my goal for us today is very simple, but also quite complex. And it is for us as a church family today to be able to get a good picture of Gen Z and Gen Alpha, which is what we're going to talk about in a second, and how we as a church can reach our younger generation. And just as 2 Timothy 2 proclaims, we to our next generation would be able to teach others. What this reveals is that the theology behind sharing our faith never changes. We seek to share the same transforming gospel that has brought transformation for 2,000 years. But the tools we use always need to change. And there's a fancy and technical word for this, and it's gospel contextualization. For instance, as Pastor Santos shared through Acts 16 and how Paul contextualizes the gospel to three different people, we also today need to contextualize sharing our faith, the gospel, to the next generation. And the first step today is for us to learn and understand who our next generation is, Gen Z and Gen Alpha. And what might be different is that these two generations have some new unique features that we might not fully comprehend or realize, or actually maybe even better word to use it is to understand. But if you take a look behind me, we have six active generations in society today. We have builders, baby boomers, Generation X, Generation Y, Generation Z, and Generation Alpha. And today, our focal point will be on Gen Z and Gen Alpha, with a special emphasis on Gen Alpha, considering our newest Gen Alphas are now teenagers. Scary to say, but it's true. And the newest generation that we need to learn and understand, because we might not be aware of some of the unique things about Gen Alpha. Gen Alpha is projected to be the largest generation to ever live at 2.2 billion people. The most globally connected generation yet, the most formally educated generation yet, and the most technologically supplied generation yet. The McCrindle Institute, who I would suggest leads the research in Gen Alpha, they actually coined the term Gen Alpha, makes interesting notes. Here are four words after doing robust research that they use to describe Gen Alpha. Number one, digital. The first generation to be fully immersed as a baby in the life of the device. Number two, mobile. Everything is versatile. Number three, global. It's now not just east to west, it's also west to east. And number four, social. A major social generation. We know that iPads, iPhones, AI, the metaverse, and tech have seen profound invention as we've been alive. 
but Gen Alpha is being born with them. Now, this is an obvious thing to say. It does not take a genius to understand that these devices will shape our upcoming generation in significant ways, but it actually goes deeper than we think. It's also about how our upcoming generations use tech. One of the many examples is actually the shift of how older generations to then Gen Z and Gen Alpha and how they search for things. People in the past, for example, people past the age of Gen Z widely use a Google search. You try to look for something, you Google it. But very interestingly, the search engine for choice for people aged Gen Z and Gen Alpha is actually TikTok or YouTube. Faster content that engages the eyes that they feel that actually can be trusted more based on statistics. To bring some substance to this, in a survey done with Gen Z and Gen Alpha, people answered how they learned things. And here are the answers. It's pretty wild. It goes YouTube or TikTok at 80%. Number two, teachers at 50. And number three, websites at 48. And number four, alarmingly, parents at 39%. Most have seen the introduction of the digital revolution. Gen Alpha has their life embedded with it, quite literally. And we see this. TikTok and YouTube is placed higher than parents and how youth learn things. Gen Alpha is the most digital, mobile, globalized, socially networked generation of all time, and this will be the most unique social feature of Gen Alpha. But when it comes to faith formation and faith identity, Gen Alpha and Gen Z are in Canada, specifically, is in what we would call being pre-Christian. They have not had the chance to reject the faith because they do not yet know the faith. In Canada, we are growing a larger climate of people who do not know Jesus growing up at all. For instance, at Ebenezer Youth, about 50% of our youth who come every week do not come from a Christian household, meaning 75 to 100 youth a week in this church building do not come from any Christian background. A survey was done where Gen Z slash Gen Alpha kids in Canada were asked, when did Jesus live? I would argue the most basic historical question about Jesus that one should know. And it was, and it, the statistics, again, kind of alarmed me. 42% of got it right, saying first century AD. 28% were honest and said, I have no idea. Concerning, but 27% said in ancient times BC. Keeping in mind, BC stands for before Christ. Right. This reveals that more than half of the kids in Canada who grow up today do not even know the most basic questions about Christianity, never mind Jesus and the his history. And because of this, we need to change how we reach the next generation. To give some light for our next generation, baby boomers, ages 53 to 65, are statted at 34% of being extremely open for spiritual conversations. Whereas Gen Z, ages 13 to 28, is sounded at 57% of being extremely open for spiritual conversations. It's fascinating. Further, 21% of baby boomers said that if they were invited to a church service, they would come, compared to 42% of Gen Z people saying they would. So if we have a stereotype about people not being closed off to faith who are younger, this is false. Our younger generations are not closed off to faith. In fact, they are twice as likely to be open. And I want to say this, they're not coming because they're not invited. And I'm not just talking about a church service. I'm talking about walking alongside in life with our people, walking with Jesus. But 
The question needs to be raised, how do we change this? Especially that it is noted that 75% of Gen Z slash Gen Alpha youth report being lonely consistently. Further, the Canadian Institute for Mental Health has seen an uptick in mental illness among our next generation. One-fourth of Gen Alpha and Gen Stead kids will be hospitalized for mental illness, and that truly breaks my heart. In a survey of teachers and professional caregivers, they say the number one issue of helping youth today is mental health issues. And as a youth worker, a youth pastor working on the ground with our youth that I love so much, I feel that deeply. It is every single day, and I'm not lying. I sense, I sense that sometimes when we see these kinds of things, we're tempted to say some things that we probably should not say. For example, we could say, I'm so glad I'm not bored in this day and age. Or, man, this generation is so soft and needs to toughen up. Or, this generation only cares for their phones. These are all things I've heard multiple times. You see, we must learn to understand to avoid these platitudes and stereotypes towards our next generation. These are major misunderstandings. But how do we shed gospel hope in such a prevailing issue our next generation faces? And I believe the answer is this. Our next generation, not necessarily knowing who Jesus even is when they grow up, they need a discovery of God's grace. Tim Keller in his brilliant book on how to reach the West again says this. The biggest marks of revival in the church throughout history is a rediscovery of grace. And I think that Keller's right. As a church, we need to help the next generation rediscover the grace of God. That they might know that there is a God who created them, who loves them, who cares for them, who's sovereign over them. That they might know that God will help them amid their mental health struggles. That they might know that the God of the universe is much more powerful than their phones are. That they might be the ones who rise up and have a deep love for God and stir movements up for him. But how do we practically help the next generation rediscover the grace of God? And based on these statistics, the next generation is seeking something that is real, that is authentic. And it does not surprise me. Can we really say today we live in an age of authenticity? All over the world, we are plagued with everything being unauthentic. And the good news is, is that if we follow a God of authenticity, we know that nothing is more authentic than God alone. We need to be unrelenting to sharing our faith to the next generation in the authentic way that the way of Jesus offers us. And how do we go about this today? And I have three ideas for us today. The first is this, learn to understand each other. In the book of Malachi, we read this, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the hearts of the sons to the fathers. This means that older generations have work to do. This also means younger generations have work to do. No one fully has it right. For those who are not Gen Z slash Gen Alpha and are in the older camp of generations, here are three things the people who are in Gen Z slash Gen Alpha look across the board for a follower in Jesus today, according to Alpha Canada. Number one, real. Gen Alpha slash Gen Z is most attracted to those who are authentic, in other words, real. Actions speak louder than words. Another way to say this is faith is not only taught, it is caught. Number two, empathetic. 
with Gen Alpha sessions that we need to become responsive. We need to become empathetic. This generation not only values rational and historical facts, they want stories of transformation, understanding the emotion of how Jesus saves. For a long time, the evangelism strategy of the church was to convince people Jesus was God, he was true and real, he really did die and arise again, and that's very good. We need to continue to do this, but our younger generation not only wants to know that Jesus is true, that he's real, but they also want to know that he's good. We need to remember that when we talk to our youth, we need to become responsive. We need to become empathetic. Number three, relational. Gen Alpha slash Gen Z is relational, and they really do not love hierarchical attitudes of honestly anything. And as a leader in the church with youth, it sometimes can be tough, but this is actually lots of good to this. Our leadership style in the history as a whole is typically being command and control. Gen Alpha slash Gen Z wants to see collaboration approaches, which I believe is actually really good. And more recently, for me, I've had a revelation as well. Gen Alpha and Gen Z, we have some work to do as well. For me right now, I, as a fairly young person myself, I've always pointed the finger to older generations to understand me, accommodate me. But this is actually not the posture. Young people need to do the exact same thing to understand our older generations with love and respect and not hostility, to honor our older generations and not write them off as outdated or out of touch. This is a deep misunderstanding. First Peter 5.5 puts it this way, in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. Gen Z and Gen Alpha, our call is to see our older generation with honor and humility. And the second thing I have for us today is consider inviting someone to Alpha. In today's church, to reach our next generation, we need to rethink the way we do evangelism. And I am convinced that there is no better program or no better organization doing this than Alpha. We have Alpha running this year beginning February 1st on Thursday evenings, which I think is absolutely brilliant. To truly think, I truly think, that Alpha is the future of evangelism in the church, and you should consider inviting someone to Alpha. So for you today, I want you to think about someone in your life who you might be able to invite, and especially on the topic of reaching the next gen, perhaps is there a young adult or somebody who is younger who you could think about inviting as well? And then the third thing I have for us today is this. Devote yourself to prayer for our next generation. I want to make a call to you all. And I believe this is actually the most important thing I can say today. We need to devote yourself to prayer to our next generation. To put it simply, when we pray more, coincidences happen more. I'm reminded over and over and over again that God responds powerfully in prayer. And we need to pray for our next generation with deep devotion. Perhaps this looks like devoting prayer to our kids, our grandkids, or whoever we're connected with who is in the youth age. We must pray. But I also have a specific idea for us all today too. We have a WhatsApp group chat for prayer at our youth ministry at Ebenezer Youth. And if you are looking to pray for the specific work we're doing, I would love for you to join this team. There's no hidden commitments of coming daily at 6 a.m. for a prayer meeting, I promise. But 
The commitment I'm asking you to is monthly. I put out a bunch of different prayer requests and needs for you to intercede or to pray on behalf of, in other words, for our youth. And I trust that you would intercede for those prayers. So that is what I want to call you to. And you can actually scan the QR code behind me to join that team right now. But if you also want to talk further about that, you can come find me after. So I also want to mention this, and I'm not going to sucker you into being on the youth leadership team at Ebenezer, but perhaps God is putting it on your heart to serve the youth who come through the doors of the community at Ebenezer Youth. And come talk to me if you're interested. Perhaps God's putting something on your heart today. We have various commitments from weekly to every other month that I would love to chat with you about, but I want to come back to this. My call to you all is to devote yourself to prayer for the next generation. These are the people who will rise up and lead our church tomorrow. So we need to pray. It really does make a difference. But I want to come back to this. We need to be unrelenting in sharing our faith in the next generation. We need to seek to understand. And we need to be people who love our generation so deeply. If you are here today and you are in a generation beyond Gen Z or Gen Alpha, let's rise up and share our faith with the next generation. But if you are the next generation today, here's my call to you. Follow Jesus passionately with resilience. I love the youth that I get to work with. It encourages me, inspires me, and lifts me up to see our next generation taking significant steps for God in really tangible ways. It's been said that the next generation isn't the church of tomorrow, it's the church of today. And for those who are here trying to learn to understand Gen Alpha slash Gen Z, please do not give up and be unrelenting to share your faith with our next generation and begin by understanding them, praying for them, and becoming invitational to important spaces such as Alpha. But perhaps you are here today and you yourself do not have faith. Maybe you're here for the first time and you're a skeptic and you were seeking something more. And I want you to hear this. Jesus loves and cares for you. Jesus loves and cares for you. And there is a divine reason I believe you're here today. And if you want to talk more about who Jesus is, perhaps God's putting on your heart to come up for prayer. I will be at the front for prayer after, so come find me. But on that note, I want to end in prayer. So let's all pray. Father, I thank you for this day and for who you are and this opportunity for me to be able to share. And I pray that we would soften our hearts to our next generation, that we might be able to know and understand them, that we would pray for our next generation, that we would seek to share our faith to our next generation and be invitational with them. And I just pray, Jesus, you would continue to show us how we can walk alongside our next generation in very tangible ways. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and in result of this, that we would worship you. So we thank you for this day. And I pray this in your name. Amen. At this point, I just want to invite you to stand right now. And we're going to be closing with the benediction, if you were able. And we're going to be standing for the reading of God's word as we end with a benediction found in Psalm 78, verses 4 to 7. And it says this, We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power, his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So the next generation might know then even the children not yet born, and they will turn and teach their own children. 
So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. With this said, I hope that you have an amazing week. And let me encourage you today to be thinking about how we can share our faith to the next generation. I invite you to come up for prayer, but that is the end. Go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. Thank you.